We're going to read together this morning from Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to look at actually the first four verses, really looking at who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but as we do so, we're going to read um, on down um, um, to verse um, 15, um, just to put it in context, and I suppose I encourage you to, by way of application, um, the, the way I look at this is that verse 5 um, on down to um, verse, um, well actually down to the end of the chapter, is really the application of, of who, we, who we are in Christ. Um, so what I'm going to do is going to let you go home and apply it um, to your, your lives, but if like set, set the, the scene, set the introduction that we were able to, to do that. Let, let's read um, together from Colossians chapter 3. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, synthican, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. You also forgive, must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. We'll finish there at verse 15. Let's just pray one more time. Lord, we, we pray for, for your help. We thank you for your word. Thank you as we read it. You, you speak to us. Thank you as it's a living word. Lord, pray for, for help now. Pray your Holy Spirit would be at work in both speaker and listener alike. I pray that you would give the help that others needed. I pray that you speak into each of our lives, each of our hearts. May we leave this place rejoicing in you, changed by you. We pray to that end in Jesus' name. Amen. Something else maybe I should tell you about myself as well, I didn't tell you, is actually I'm also a twin. Um, and... Um, which actually is, is wonderful. I mean, I, I love being a twin. 
But one of the things when you're a twin is that when you're growing up, particularly in primary school and secondary school, when me and Keith were, were extremely alike then, we're probably not quite as alike now as we used to be. We've changed a wee bit over the years, but back then nobody could tell the difference. Um, and so we were called the Cooper Twins. That was who we were. Um, even today still, if somebody, my brother's name is Keith, if I shout Keith across the room, I would still turn around. I answered to both Keith or Colin still. Um, I can't get out of my head. Um, and I remember on one occasion in primary school, I think it was a probably P6, P7, we were going on a school trip. Um, the headmaster um, was giving everybody name badges to put on. And so what do you do? Well, he gave Keith a name badge that said Keith and Colin on it. <laughs> I got no name badge at all. My only conclusion from that is this. Keith does not know who he is. And I maybe don't even exist at all. So who am I? Who, who, who are we? You know, it's, it's a question I think we, we do tend to ask ourselves at, at various times over the years. That, that question, who am I? And sometimes we, we identify our, ourselves as, you know, our, our job. That, that's, that's who I am. And as we, we come to, to look at, at the Word of God, you discover actually, well, no, no, that is not who you are. Well, first and foremost, you're, you're a sinner. That's who you are. But then if you're saved by God's grace because of Christ's death on the cross... You've gone from sinner to, to child of God. As, as Paul says, you, you once were children of wrath, now you, you're children of God, Ephesians chapter 2. So, so who am I? Who are you? Well, as Paul comes to urge us to, to live out um, a godly life, as, as he urges us in verse 5 to, to, to put to death sin, and he urges us in verse 8 to, to, to put on um, kindness and compassion and, and um, holiness, he begins in the, these first four verses in describing who we are. And I'm so glad that, that God knows me, God knows you. He knows us by name. John 10 verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. As Paul introduces this section, verse 1, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ. That's where he begins with, who are you? You're, you're someone who is, is raised with Christ. Past tense. You already have been raised with Christ. You, you are saved. If you trusted Christ for Savior and Lord of your life, this is who you are. You're saved by God's grace. You've been raised with Christ. This is your identity. And so he begins in that past tense. You're saved. Your life, your past, your present, your future is inseparably linked with Jesus Christ because of his finished work on the cross. Therefore, that affects how you live. And there are four things that I want you to, to think about and want to leave you with this morning as you think about who you are. This person raised in Christ, raised by Christ. You are a seeker, a thinker, you are hidden, and you are to be glorified. I want to run through those, those four things. And, and, and seeing who you are, that means you can go forward and you can apply verse 5 onwards to your life without working off this. Knowing who you are affects how you live. The first thing I said I want to you think about for a moment is that you are a seeker of Christ. Verse 2 
Paul says, set your mind on things that, that are above. It could be also translated, seek the things that are above. This idea of setting your mind is not just a one-off thing, it's a continuous thing. The verb here is continuous. That's why I've sort of chosen the term, you know, be a seeker. That this continuing, looking towards Christ, looking after Christ, looking towards Him, seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes we use that term seeker, and we have done maybe in the past um, with the idea of somebody who's not yet saved, but they're, they're interested. And we talk about seeker-sensitive service, and we sometimes we've used that, that term. And certainly, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, you do need him. He is the only one who can deal with your sin problem. He's the only one that can forgive you. And through his death on the cross, there is forgiveness, there is salvation. And I would urge you to turn to him for salvation, repenting and trusting him as Savior and Lord of your life. But that's not what Paul is describing here. It's about those who already are saved to set their mind, to, to, to continue to seek after Christ. And the, the incredible encouragement that we have here to enable us to seek after Christ is this, that he is seated at the right hand of God. He, he's there. This the seated Christ, this picture of Christ seated at the right hand of God means that the picture of the work that he's done for us on the cross salvation work is finished. He, he's, he's done all that needs to be, do, to, to be done. It's a picture of his, his kingly authority and his power to continue that work in your life as you seek him. And he says, seek and you will find. John 16 verse 24, until now you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So seek Christ. As a believer this morning, continue to seek him, seek grace, seek guidance, seek power, seek heavenly things. This is who you are by new birth. You've already been raised. This is who you are. You are are a seeker of Christ. This is, is your character. Seek and find the amazing grace and the riches of God and be satisfied. What that means for us, let me be practical for a moment, what that means for us this morning is that it affects how you come to church, it affects how, how you listen. Sometimes we come to church and, and we, come and we, we come and sit down, we, we are the audience, we observe, we look on, and that's sometimes our mindset, you know, what's, what's the, the, the pastor going to say this morning? You know, what was the music going to do this morning to, to help me worship? We're observers sometimes, that's our mindset, but when you realize that's not who you are, you're not an observer, you're not the audience, no, you're a seeker. You're here to seek Christ, to learn from Christ, so you come prayerfully, Lord, speak to me, teach me, grow me, help me to worship. You are not an observer, you are the worshiper. You're an active participant before God, 
as you worship, as you learn, as you seek after Christ, as you grow in the grace of God, as you enjoy heavenly things now, as you, you turn your mind towards the, 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 the glory and the majesty of this, this eternal work of salvation, and it's eternal, this salvation that we have. Seek him this morning. Pray that this morning. This is who you are. You are a seeker of Christ. But also, secondly, who am I? I'm, I'm a thinker about Christ. Not only do, do we seek him, but we also have been given a mind, an intellect, to, to think things through. He's given us a mind and emotions to, to, to respond. And when you think about it, what we think about changes us. Give you a couple of examples. A teenager falls in love for the first time, and, and, and their minds are infatuated with their, their, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, and it, it, it changes them. They're, they're in love, and it's, and, it's, and it's wonderful. Or the other side of that is you're going through a difficulty in work, and there's a huge amount of pressure in, in the workplace, and you know maybe struggling with, with finances and just that, that weight of all that thinking. You're thinking about the future. The future is really getting in, into your head. You can't get it out of your head. You can't work. How do we work this out? And the pressure of that, the, the thinking through all of that, so your personality begins to change. You become quiet. You become withdrawn. It impacts you. Or an exciting event that happens and, you know, there's something, this positive outlook that you have and there's this joyful buoyancy in your manner. See, the way that we think impacts us. And so Paul often urges us to think through the things of God. Think about Jesus. He says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians 4, verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And as you think about these things, as your mind is filled with, with Christ, as you think through the gospel and just the, just the amazing grace of, of the gospel of, of salvation that we have, as you ponder where, where he's taken us from and where he's taken us to, your mind is, is, is thrilled and filled with just the, the wonder of what he has done for you and just the beauty of his grace, the loveliness of his character, his supremacy over all things, his purity, and you discover that he is worthy of all of your affections. Not only is your mind filled, but your heart is stirred. Paul says, think. Why? Because you are a thinker. And when that comes to, to, to fighting temptation, when it comes to defending those challenges that we read on down verse 5 on downwards, we were told to put to death um, sin and earthly desires and, and that list that we have there. I mean, one of the ways of doing that is, is in, in the thoughts, the battle of the thoughts. 
I always talk about the, the five-second rule. When temptation comes, you get five seconds to get that temptation out of your head. The more you think about it, the more it tends to take root, and you're, you will give in to temptation. You know, yelling at yourself, threatening yourself, you know, sometimes even reminding yourself of the, the, the warning. Scripture doesn't sometimes work for us as believers. You know, it's, um, that, those warnings sometimes can be as ineffective as that warning on a packet of cigarettes that says smoking kills. People smoke anyway. So what, what do we do with, with temptation? Well, we want to replace. We want our minds renewed. We, we are thinkers. This is how God made us. We, we are thinkers. And as we, we, we fight temptation... Remember that the reason that we give in to it often is because it's pleasurable. Hebrews 11:25 speaks of enjoying the fleeting pleasure of sin. It is fleeting, but it's pleasurable. That's why we give in. How do we defeat it? Filling our lives, our minds, our thoughts with the grace and the mercy of God. Knowing who we are in Christ, that we are a sinner, therefore we need him. Knowing who he is, that he's our heavenly father. We're adopted into his family. He's our father. We, we don't want to hurt our, our heavenly father. That, that changes things. It, knowing that he, he works in us because we are weak. I mean, as Paul says in Colossians 1, um, verse 29, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works in me. Reminding our, our, ourselves of that. We, we are thinkers. And as we filter earthly things through Christ-centered thoughts, we fall more and more in love with Christ. We learn to depend upon him more. We are thinkers. I urge you, read, study. Listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts, listen to anything that will begin to allow you to, to think and continue to think through the loveliness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a thinker. That's who you are. Thirdly, Paul goes on to say in verse 3 that you are hidden in Christ. This is who you are. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hidden, enveloped, covered, submerged. This is, this is you. I love what um, James Montgomery Boyce um, says when he, he, in his commentary in, in Psalm 103, verse 12, and that, that, that little verse, you know, that he's removed our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. And Boyce there, when he, he writes about that, he says, if God has moved our sin from us as far as the east is from the west, do you imagine our sin is in the east and, and we are in the west? When God is looking at our, our, our sin, it's back to us. And when God looks at us, it's back to our, our sin. So God cannot look at our sin and us at the same time if we are in him, if we are a believer. He sees us as righteous in Christ. Why? I guess what Paul's getting at here, we're hidden in Christ. The sin is put to death. It's removed from us. As far as the east is from the west, it is put to death. We are hidden in Christ. That is who you are this morning as a believer. That, that should excite you. That should thrill your heart. As you wrestle with, with past sin and guilt of past sin, 
That should encourage you. Say, yes, this is who I am. Christ has done a work for me. I am in him. I am hidden in him. What that means is, I can say this morning, Colin, you are forgiven. And Christ is seen as Savior. What it means is that I am protected. I am safe and secure. No one will pluck me out of the Father's hand. I am secure in him. And Christ is exalted because he's doing that work. But what it means is that Colin is cleansed this morning and, and Christ is glorified because he has done that work hidden in God. And Christ is that, that filter, that, that protector, the one who holds us, keeps us, the one who envelops us. And Paul says, realize this is who you are. And when you realize this is who you are, then you can begin to apply verse 5 onwards to your life. We can fight a dead, sinful, old ways that we, we used to live in, for we, we live in Christ. The result of this is, is freedom, is enjoying God. It is freedom, able to say no, able to say no to temptation, able to say no to sin. I do said it earlier on, but counselling and sometimes I, I work with with those who are um, with addiction and so on as well. And I remember sitting about a month ago with somebody and talking with alcohol addiction, and just just saying to them, "You're not free." And they said, "No, but I am free. I, I can do whatever I want with my life." I remember saying to them, "You know, freedom means that you can say no." to some things. Freedom allows you to say no. And I think we, we need to recognize that we are, we are hidden in Christ. Therefore, we can say no to some things. There's a freedom with that. There's, there's such a blessing with that. There's a joy in that freedom. There's a joy in being hidden in Christ, knowing that you are secure in him, knowing that, that you are his, knowing that no matter what happens in this life, nothing can change that, nothing can, can, can take you from that. There is such freedom and joy and security in that knowledge. This is who you are. This is who you are. You think of the very worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Whatever it is, will it change what Christ has done in your life and how he saved you? And his promise to take you to be with him for all of eternity. The answer is no. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. You're hidden in Christ. This is who you are. Fourthly, you're also glorified by Christ. Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, and just pause that statement for a moment, Christ, who is your life, I think that statement sums up everything we've said before. This is who you are. Christ is your life. When he, he shall appear, then you will also appear with him in glory. We, we, we've seen the, the, the past. First one, you've been raised with him. We, we've thought about the, the present, where you are now, who you are now in Christ. You are a seeker, you're a thinker, and you're hidden in Christ. This is, this is, this is you. Now, now we look to the future. This is who you will be, glorified with Christ, glorified in Christ. This is who you're destined to be. Glorified, victorious, pure, holy, standing before God 
You know, when you, when you go to Revelation 19, verse 6 to 8, a picture of, of the My Supper of the Lamb, and, and the, the bride of Christ stands there, and she's beautiful, pure. She's wearing white linen, bright and pure. Or, or Revelation 7, um, verse um, 9 to 10, where every nation standing before the throne of God, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, standing before the, the throne of God, and they, they, they collectively, they, they, they sing or, or they, they say before God, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Look at that picture. Look at that picture. Glorified. If you ever do a puzzle, I haven't done a puzzle for years, but if you do a puzzle, before you, you put all the pieces out on the, on the desk, and what you do next, well, I, what I do next, is I, I put the, the picture of that puzzle in front of me and I look at the finished picture so I can begin to put the pieces in place. Those passages in Revelation, they're the finished picture. Glorified. Look at that picture. See who's there? Every believer, from every time, every generation, look closely. There are people there that you love who have already gone to be with the Lord, and they're there. You'll see them again. Look closer. Funniest picture. You see yourself? Glorified. Perfect body. Perfect soul to match that perfect body because of Christ's finished work in you. You see yourself? Because you're there. Glorified. This is who you are. Future tense. This is who you are. As you look at what Paul is saying here, all I want you to do this morning is say, yeah, yeah, this is me. I'm a seeker who hasn't got all the answers. But I have a gracious, gracious, generous, generous saviour. I'm a thinker who doesn't understand everything perfectly, but I'm growing more and more in love with Jesus. I explore his beauty and his glory and his person. Who am I? I'm a passionate worshiper who's learning to, to look at life from an eternal perspective, hidden in Christ, enveloped in Christ, looking forward. Who am I? I'm a, an excited child of God. Looking forward to Christ's return. That's who I am. That's who I am. And the application of all of that, knowing who you are, is to live up to that person that you already are in Christ. So they said at the start, I send you home to read verse 5 onwards and start to apply. Verse 5 onwards is the application. What does it mean for us? It means to put to death what is earthly in us. What does it mean for us? It means verse 12, to put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. What does it mean for us? Verse 15, to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Verse 16, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Verse 17, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the application of all that we've said this morning of knowing who you are in Christ, putting off sinful habits, behaviors, and attitudes, and renewed in Christ, knowing that you are in Christ. Or let me put it this way. If you want that renewed life, 
continue to seek after Christ. Continue to think on Christ and what he's done for you. Continue to remember that you're hidden in Christ, cleansed by him, and that one day you'll be glorified. Remind yourself, I'm not perfect, but I'm being perfected. And give him the glory. So who am I? I'm a man who is saved by God's grace, who's being taught to live, who's being kept for that day, and who desperately needs the Lord Jesus Christ to continue to work in my life. That's who I am. That's who you are. Praise God for that. Let's pray. Lord, pray, Lord, even as we remind ourselves this morning of who we are in Christ, that you would encourage us, you would strengthen us, or give us a a heart of, of passion and delight in Jesus, Lord, he is worthy of our affection, of our praise, and of our life. We pray you apply your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing again. Thank you.